Welcome to Killer Kush, a podcast where we smoke <laughs> and talk about killers, caspers, and cryptids. My name's Nick Lamarck. My pronouns are he, him. My name's Lady Cocktonburg. My pronouns are they, she. Welcome to episode 16, Annabelle. 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 Annabelle Conjuring. Ooh, Ed Lorraine Warren. Spooky. Yeah. We've really been like giving Ed and Lorraine Warren some some commercials, I suppose, some advertisements. Yeah, I mean, they're just yeah. involved with so many haunted objects that I feel like anytime you talk about a haunted object, you're gonna talk about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, yeah. It's weird to think that they're real people because like I can only imagine the fictionalized version of them. Like when I picture yeah. them, I'm just imagining the movie version. Yeah, you can you know? only imagine. Yeah, the two yeah. actors actors that play them because they kind of don't look anything like them oh really no i'll pull up a picture yeah are they well i guess we can't say are they sexy or not is that rude they're dead i'm sure that they're sexy oh well then they can't hear it do you think they're sexy or not what do you uh i don't think they are actually ed is way more sexy in the movies than he is in real life okay so the first picture Uh, i saw is an old woman version of her so i'm gonna have to give that version of her like a four out of ten yeah old people suck yeah like, okay, she just has so, a big forehead, and he looks like he yeah. would say the N-word. Yeah, he he has huge ears, and he's got a double chin. Um, and she definitely wears earrings that are way too heavy for her ear. It looks like he's bald, but then he has, like, a tuff of hair at the top. Like, when you draw a stick figure and you put the three hairs on top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he yeah. has a bit of a quaff going on. Yeah. But, so, like, they just look... Yeah, so I'd give him, like, a... It's going to be a 3 out of 10. And for her young version, I'm going to say a 6. She's a 6. A six I'd say like a 4.5, maybe. But then, like, the movie version, he's, oh, like, a fucking yeah, 9. He's, wow. He still looks like a Republican, so I'm going to go with a 7. Yeah, he probably is. What's yeah. that actor's name? Um, Let's call him Joe. 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 And that other woman, Julia. Julia. Joe and Julia. Name? Yeah, they're great actors, both of them. She's pretty. I think she, she is she, pretty. Yeah. I like her a lot. I and most things that she's played in, I've liked her. I think she's a good actress. She does yeah. kind of fall into the same character and everything. Like yeah. her mannerisms are the same, but I think that she does that well. I feel like okay, so I feel like there's a new wave of acting, right? In more modern movies, I'd mm-hmm. say it started in outside of the early 2000s and it's more hyper realistic acting so it's based on who you are as a person like what your energy as a human is Mm -hmm. so they're not really like casting you to be an actor they're casting you to be yourself but saying those words as yourself i don't know i feel like you can i mean look at jennifer lawrence and all the different roles she's done jennifer lawrence no but seriously she's gone from doing like the hunger Games, but she's to doing mother to doing uh red sparrow to doing you know to doing mystique when she was mystique in x-men but even then like her energy is always like really strong you know so she's like cast i don't know i think in mother she's really vulnerable i think that's the point of the movie is that she's she's susceptible but her energy is so similar through all of it don't you think i don't i don't or think like so. even florence Pugh. if you think about florence Pugh, and she does like kind of sit, play the Midsummer, same characters i did not like in, her role in little woman there i said i think that you are wrong and i think that you're sexist. i also didn't like little women i think that that is something that you need to thoroughly examine because that that it was sexism. boring and it timmy t boring. did not do good in he it. was okay i actually don't think that like him and amy florence Pugh's character had enough like 
chemistry yeah, they didn't at have all. Any I think that's so what made it fall flat I for me. I cried when Joe and Tim. Oh, I'm literally giving a spoiler. Sorry, guys. Watch it. If spoiler you want, alert. Yeah, I cried when Joe and Tim didn't end up together. I was really. Like, yeah. I just couldn't feel the chemistry there, I, which is why I was I like, cried. man. Like I, in the and seeing the actual like, like stage play versus the movie, I was like, ah. Oh, I've never seen the stage play. Really? But I don't think I would watch the stage play. The or stage play is good. Book. I don't think that I would go any further than the movie because like a part of it is like, it's the feminism of that time, right? Like all of them are finding their own dreams and being mm-hmm. like, I'm an object and blee, blee, blee. And that TikTok sound. Oh, you're not Very TikTok, same, like Fiddler yeah. on the Roof, women it, standing up for themselves, yeah. you know? Like if you think yeah. about it, Fiddler on the Roof is a feminist musical. Exactly. And about like freedom to choose, but the things they're choosing are like marrying the person that their family doesn't want to. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if I would like read the book or like watch a play about it because I hate that type of not that I hate that type of feminism. That sounds like too harsh. That was necessary feminism. Yeah. But it's just like such a different layer Feels like than performative. what we're fighting for now. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. yeah. And it censors it. Sorry. It centers around like cis white women primarily, <laughs> yeah. which is like kind of boring. But I loved that movie, and I don't know why, but it was oh, I came yeah. I don't crying. know. I feel like there were other feminist movies like uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. <gasps> I love Portrait of a Lady. On Fire. Um, The Handmaiden. I haven't seen that. Uh, like I feel like there were other movies that came out that spoke more to a feminist scope and a better lens and a more modern lens even though they were still i mean not the handmaiden but even though like portrait of a lady on fire was still white old too and old yeah but it was just it was i think more it said more yeah what's that movie that we watched that was like a horror movie that everyone was like oh i love this movie i love it and then we watched it and i rented it for like 20 bucks and it was awful what was it it like won uh the amazing a remarkable not it was something like a super awesome woman. Like, oh, a promising, a promising young woman. Yeah. Oh my. That was not God. that good. I, yeah. no, that one no, stuff, didn't it? It did. Yeah, I didn't it think did. that was revolutionary either. I was like, I was like, I'm so tired. I hate this. Part. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. felt. It felt not okay to be made. Yeah. And so many people were like, no, but you just have to watch it again. And I was like, I don't know if I, I like, want to. Yeah, I don't want to Yeah. I did it the first time. time and it was terrible. So. Remember when we tried watching uh, Annabellum with Janelle Monae oh, and then God. we turned we it off turned in the first five minutes? Yeah. Did I ever tell you I fin- This is funny that we're doing a podcast right now when we're six minutes in. Um, <laughs> did I ever tell you that I finished watching it with Nico? No. Did I ever tell you the ending? No. So basically, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie is that they are part of uh like larping like they're at a renaissance fair before the civil war they're at a civil war reenactment and they stole these black people to treat them as slaves you're joking me no like at the very end she's like running out and it's like a slow-mo war scene and then all of a sudden she passes a sign that's like 19 whatever civil war convention at like the very end and it's like what it's modern day but is a yeah reenactment damn and it just felt like why did that story need to be told yeah, and that like, do we i don't know do we only have to tell like slave stories at this exactly point? Like, can we please and exactly. also biopics i'm so tired of biopics except for the one about elton john i you did something with that you did yeah you guys with killed uh it. El, what's his name el gord el, <laughs> ansel el gord. El, elgin what's el, his name i don't know elton john knockoff that's what steven spielberg oh what's his you fucked that shit up thank you thank you taryn egerton oh that's a cute name taryn is a cute name taryn's a cute name yeah um 
Anyways, okay, what's anyway. your vibe, Nick? <laughs> um, I'm alive. That's all you need to know. Uh, moving on. What's your vibe? Um, I'm feeling like a little physically exhausted. Like I feel like physically weak. You know, mm-hmm. but I've I don't know. Like I've had two meals today. About to have a third meal. About to smoke some weed. I haven't really smoked weed all day, so I don't know what it is. I slept. I slept until 1.30 p.m. today. Did you not work? Oh, it's Sunday. Yeah, it's a Sunday. So That's I funny. slept until 1.30 p.m. I went and had a little board game night. Oh, uh, with, with who? Uh, Oliver and Megan and Mira. Oh, I want to hang yeah. out with Oliver and Megan so bad. Oh, if they listen to this them. podcast, Megan please does. can we be friends? Megan listens to this podcast. I miss you coming into PetSmart. Can we please be friends? Yeah, you would love them. They're yeah, I think awesome. I would be friends with them. Yeah, I think I've done a little shout out for them before, but um, Oliver wants to be a neuroscientist. Genius. And I really love like hearing the scientific background of like the way that we think about things and perceive things because mm. it does play into things like like ghost stories for example yeah. like so much of ghost stories is based on changing perception, perception yeah yeah so like what Altering other things reality. can alter your perception or like i don't know apparently there was another eye nerve that was found so there's like the rods and cones and mm-hmm. the third one which i don't know oh. yeah and it was just recently discovered and he was talking about how he wants to like study that because it senses cool. like it can't be damaged so i wonder if in some way that could connect to like the paranormal like maybe if uh-huh. someone has like because it's about the way that you see light uh-huh. yeah but it's like it doesn't necessarily have to do with vision specifically. Well, and thinking about the light spectrum as well is just insane. Like, there's this whole array of lights that we're, our bodies can't see, you know? Yeah. Which means there are so many more, quote, colors that we can't see. There are so many more things that exist around us that we're not able to visualize because our yeah. our eyes can't perceive it. That's strange to think about colors. Yeah. The idea that we can't perceive certain colors. Like, what are we missing? Well, also even just thinking about color blindness or color deficiency like my dad and my brother both are color deficient my dad's colorblind and so it's just like and pierce is colorblind as well and i think oh, colorblind yeah. is crazy because that's like a singular scale of color yeah or like color deficient is changing of colors oh so, so it's like the thing where someone's like your red could be my blue but is green yeah it's yeah. most of the time it's like red to green but my dad like you'll look at something green and he'll be like oh that looks purple to me that is so weird yeah that's so strange. It's weird that he can also be like, that looks purple. Like, he can still identify other colors. It only affects that color. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Anyway. anyway <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to us talk. Yeah. We're going to talk some more. Maybe. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. And so we're back. Before we jump in... Let's just do a little question, okay? This is related to our um, the session that we just did, mm-hmm. which you can listen to if you subscribe to us on Patreon. But if you could play any sport now that's not bowling, you can't say bowling in this one. Like, if you could play any sport, what would you do? Okay, yeah, and also our context is, like, as, a, as an adult. As an adult, like now. If you had full mm-hmm. autonomy of playing a new sport, what would it be? And, like, you could be good at it. Or, but, like, don't worry about money. Don't worry about anything. Yeah, I would probably play volleyball. I think it's really fun. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of hard. Volleyball is hard. It's hard, but it's really... I took an outdoor education class that we played volleyball for, like, a month in sand pits, and that was amazing. (laughs) Bless you. Oh, God. There's another one. What would you... Bless you. Thank you. What would you play? Um, I would want to go and be an equestrian. What, what do you with an e yeah like like horses yeah yeah 
horse girl energy i want it i want a horse so bad like at some point in my life i want to like ride a horse or be near a horse or touch a horse daily take horseback riding lessons no that's so expensive really how or much skiing. are they i would love to ski Mm. Um, but both of those things are very expensive. They're also both very, like, Colorado, I feel like. Well, let's move to Colorado. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it, dude. Yeah. Let's fucking do it, dude. To the mountains. To the fucking mountains. All right, let's do it, Ben. Okay, uh, Annabelle is our thing of the week. Are you ready? <sighs> right on the first try. Last week, we yep. tried to hit it so many times, and we just didn't get it. No. But this is so long. It's so annoyingly long. I'm never going to get over that. I'm yeah, going to complain no. about it every episode. We should get a new episode. sound machine. Oh, feet, feet, foot, foot. Feet, feet, foot, foot. Feet, feet. So, all of my information is taken directly from all that's interesting. Uh, I'm depressed and started new meds that make me sleepy. So, I got really lazy this week and also couldn't find anywhere that told the story better than they could. So, yeah, I didn't want to, like, sit there and just paraphrase every single sentence because that felt like I was stealing their story but like the rhythm of their story and how they present it so i i felt like that was kind of a cop-out if i were just to sit there and paraphrase so i'm just taking their words and reading them to you so you could also read this if you scrolled along on the article about annabelle from all that's interesting (laughs) though she doesn't share the same porcelain skin and lifelike features as her cinematic counterpart the annabelle doll lives in the occult museum of famed paranormal investigators ed and lorraine warren the pair that worked on the case is made all the more creepy by how ordinary she appears isn't she just like a um, I think they're called the Raggedy Ann dolls. My mom loves those dolls. She has a collection of Raggedy Ann dolls. My mom got called Raggedy Ann growing up oh, so because like she was a ginger. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Nick's a ginger. Raggedy Ann. I'm a you ginger. You guys don't know what he looks yeah. like. When my beard comes out, because I'm balding, but when my beard comes out, people are like, whoa, you're real, your beard's like red, red. And I'm like, no, your beard is red. And the carpet red matches right the drapes, bitch. Oh, shut up. <laughs> All right. Them. Read about this uh, weird ass. <laughs> Annabelle's stitched features includes her half smile and bright orange triangular nose, evoke memories of childhood toys and simpler times. If you could ask Ed and Lorraine Warren, though Ed died in 2006 and Lorraine died in early 2019, they would tell you that the stark warnings scrawled across Annabelle's glass case are more than necessary. According to the well-known demonologist couple, the doll is responsible for two near-death experiences, one fatal accident, and a string of demonic activities that lasted some 30 years. Why don't they burn these items? Or like, Good question. I mean, it's the same thing with the Zach Baggins Museum that we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's like, just get rid of it. Yeah, why are we... Well, also, it's interesting now because somebody else, I think maybe Judy, the daughter, runs their museum yeah like the daughter and the son-in-law i think run it and the son-in-law is more the business side of it but i'm interested in if they will start selling anything to zach baggins because he has the money and is doing what ed and lorraine were doing so he's actively earning the money yeah and they recently died so there's still time or like even if they sold the museum to him but like still kept the name on it i'm sure he would do that he would 100 percent. yeah it's just anyway, interesting. Yeah. Uh, the first of these infamous hauntings can allegedly be traced back to 1970, when Annabelle was brand new. The story was told to the Warrens by two young women and was retold years after by the Warrens themselves. As the story goes, the Annabelle doll had been a gift to a young nurse named Donna, or Deirdre depending on the source, from her mother for her 28th birthday. 28? Girl, get her something useful, like a like a KitchenAid or a pasta maker. Yeah, 
or cheese grater. I'm wondering if it was one of those situations where the mom was like, huh, this would be funny. Because Nico bought me Gisela. Who's Gisela? You know, the doll. Oh, that fucked up doll that She's sits scary. in your living room? No, that bitch is crazy. But it was like, he called me and he was like, I got you something really cute. I'm so excited to show you. And I was like, fuck yeah, so excited. And he came home and he was like, here's Gisela. And I was like, what the Gisela fuck is, is this? Gisela is also the worst fucking name. I, yeah. From the beautiful brain of my boyfriend. Yeah, perfect, beautiful. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I guess that's like, haha, you're still a kid to me. It could have yeah. been, yeah. So apparently Donna was thrilled about the gift and brought it back to her apartment that she shared with another young nurse named Angie. I hope they're gay. Oh, they definitely are. This whole story's queer-coded. Uh. Oh, do it again, Daddy. <laughs> At first, the doll was an adorable accessory, sitting on a sofa in the living room and greeting visitors with her colorful visage. Um, for the listeners, that is literally what Gisela does. Yeah, she used to sit behind a lizard tank, and she was part of the the scape, and I feel like that was her prime. Yeah, but now, now she, she just, just lives in the, in the forest open. of plants. Yeah. Ugh. But before long, the two women began to notice that Annabelle seemed to move about the room on her own accord. Donna would sit her on the living room sofa before leaving for work, only to come home in the afternoon and find her in the bedroom with the door shut. <laughs> she wanted a nap. She wanted privacy time, dude. Yeah. She was like, I'm finding a fucking she was room. Like, Let Pass me, me sleep. Your <laughs> <laughs> I need this nut. <laughs> Here's Donna and Angie, like, girly, can oh we join? God. Oh my god. Ooh. Angie, that's so kinky, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they then started to find notes left throughout the apartment reading. Help me. According to the women, the notes were written on parchment paper, which they did not even keep in their homes. Weird. Yeah. That's weird. The, uh, she found parchment paper and said, help me. Literally. Maybe she, she was just wanted to, to bake. Yeah. That's why she got parchment paper. Yeah. She just she, wanted to bake. Help me. Maybe Annabelle's passion is baking. Yeah. She's been wanting, but people keep baking the wrong thing. Like mm. she really wants like cinnamon banana bread. Yeah. And they're just yeah. not getting it. It's like chocolate chip, blueberry, walnut. She's, she's like, like, let's no, get it together. Please, let's get please. it together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> furthermore, Angie's boyfriend known only as Lou was in the apartment one afternoon while Donna was out and heard rustling in her room as if someone had broken in. Upon inspection, he found no signs of forced entry, but found the Annabelle doll lying face down on the ground. Other versions of the story say that he was attacked upon waking up from a nap. One of them sounds like more feasible, and it's than not the other. being attacked. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's why I liked how they did this, because if I was looking for this information, I'm going to find very biased, like, yeah. if I'm telling a singular story, I'm going to tell the story that he got attacked, you know? Yeah, well, because that's more, more fun. interesting. Yeah, yeah but I like that they like, were like, here are the options. Yeah, that both of these things have been said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, suddenly he felt a searing pain on his chest and looked down to find a bloody claw mark running across it. Oh my god, it. and that's the sign of demon possession, isn't mm -hmm. it? Claw oh, marks, three claws. Yeah. Two days later, they had vanished without a trace. So all of a sudden they were just gone after they were literally bloody. Yeah. Which is wild. Following Lou's traumatic experience, the women invited a medium over to help solve their seemingly paranormal problem. The medium held a seance and told the women that the doll was inhabited by a spirit of a deceased seven-year-old named Annabelle Higgins, whose body had been found years earlier on the site where their apartment building had been built. Oh my god, so it wasn't haunted at first, but then it was possessed by spirit that. Spirit attachment. Yeah. The medium claimed that the spirit was benevolent and simply wanted to be loved and cared for. The two young nurses reportedly felt bad for the spirit and consented to allow her to take permanent residence in the doll. Why the fuck would... I'd be like, I feel really bad for you. Mm -hmm. Get out of my doll. Yeah, this is kind of that Peggy the doll spirit attachment. Is this something I can trust? Is this something yeah. I can't trust? 
But Peggy was, like, obviously kind of rude, you know, when Annabelle's just, like, moving. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah. The claw marks are a little suspicious, but I wonder if he said anything or, like, put that Mm -hmm. together until after, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think our food is here, so we're going to pause for a second. (laughs) Okay, we ate and we're back. Hey, guys. (laughs) We're full of sush. Oh, baby. Some sweet potato rolls. Yeah, so eventually, in an attempt to rid their home of the Annabelle doll spirit, Donna and Angie called an, oh, God, Episcopal? Episcopal? Yeah, Episcopal. You fucked that word up. Go you. you. That was like, (laughs) I'll personally clap for you. God damn. A uh, priest known as Father Hegan. Hegan contacted his superior, Father Cook, who alerted Ed and Lorraine Warren. As far as Ed and Lorraine Warren were concerned, the two young ladies' trouble truly started when they began believing the doll deserved their sympathy. The Warrens believed that there was a demonic force in search of a human host within Annabelle, and not a benevolent soul. The Warrens' account of the case states, Spirits do not possess... <laughs> <laughs> That's the voice. Spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. They possess people. As inhumane spirits can attach itself to a place or object, and this is what occurred in the Annabelle case. This spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. Truly, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll. It was looking to possess a human host. Do you think Ed said that or Lorraine said that? I think that Lorraine was the person who would write the notes. Mm. I, I could see that. Yeah, I see Ed as being the type of person to be like, Lorraine, write that down. Mm. You know, and Lorraine's yeah, like, I already of course fucking he wrote was, that. Yeah. And I already wrote six observations, so. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good voice, though. I love that. Thank you. Immediately, the Warrens noted what they believed were signs of a demonic possession, including teleportation, the doll moving on its own, materialization, the parchment paper notes, and the. The mock of the beast. Loose clawed chest. The mock of the base. I think the Ed said that. (laughs) Probably. That sounds dramatic. Some Ed shit. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The Warren subsequently ordered an exorcism of the apartment to be performed by Father Cook. Then they took Annabelle out of the apartment and to her final resting place in their occult museum in the hopes that her demonic reign would finally end. So nothing really happened to Donna and Angie? Yeah, besides for that. Okay, good. So they just lived happily well, ever after. Yeah. Uh, following Annabelle's removal from Donna and Angie's apartment, the Warrens documented several other paranormal experiences involving the doll. The first just minutes after they took possession of her. After the exorcism of the nurse's apartment, the Warrens buckled Annabelle into the back seat of their car and vowed not to take the highway in case she had some kind of accident causing power over them and their vehicle. However, even the safer back roads proved too risky for the couple. Oh my god. On their way home, Lorraine claimed that the brakes either stalled or failed several times, resulting in near disastrous crashes. Lorraine claimed that as soon as Ed pulled Holly <laughs> As soon as Ed pulled holy water from his bag and doused the doll with it, the problem with the brakes disappeared. With his bag. <laughs> <laughs> my Iowa accent be like big. With his bag. <laughs> big. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, so they were like so we were like, scared watch of her. It, bitch. <laughs> Come yeah. on. Uh, Upon arriving home, Ed and Lorraine placed a doll in Ed's study. 
There, they'd have reported that the doll levitated and moved about the house. Oh, so it was throwing a fit because it lost the people it was trying to possess. Yeah, it knew. And they were like, ugly. it had sunk its claws into them. You know, it was like, yeah. I'm a little girl. Look yeah, at me, me. batting its eyes. Like, yeah, I would like to write in crayons on parchment paper. Invite me into your house. <laughs> Please, I want to eat your soul. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, even when placed in a locked office in an outer building, the Warrens claimed that she would turn up later inside the house. Finally, the Warrens decided to lock up Annabelle for good. Good. I know, right? The Warrens had a specially made glass and wood case constructed, upon which they inscribed the Lord's Prayer and St. Michael's Prayer. For the rest of his life, Ed would periodically say a binding prayer over the case, ensuring that its sinister spirit and the doll remained good and trapped. Do you think his daughter does it now? judy maybe yeah because like it still has to be done right i would assume maybe they hire out yeah maybe <laughs> they hire like, a third father party cook. now <laughs> yeah third. we need you again come on in yeah father cook jr <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> uh son cook he's 15 like um i don't really <laughs> i don't really like that stuff <laughs> <laughs> uh since being locked up annabelle the doll hasn't moved again although it is alleged that her spirit has found ways to reach out to the earthly plane that was hard words to a plane made to of a earth, plane made of plane. earth and crust like pizza. It is believed that Annabelle caused 9/11. <laughs> oh my god. She melted steel beams with her eyes. Have you seen that video of Kim Kardashian or not Kim Kardashian? I think it's Caitlyn Jenner. Jenner? Yeah. You've um, sent it so many like, times to me, dude. 9/11. Asking me if I've seen it. 9/11. 9/11. Well, <laughs> 9/11. Anyway. So sad. Once, a priest who was visiting the Warrens Museum picked up Annabelle and discounted her demonic abilities. Ed warned the priest about mocking Annabelle's demonic power, but the young priest laughed him off. On his way home, the priest was involved in a near-fatal crash that totaled his new car. First of all, why is he a priest that has a new car? Yeah, he's like, huh, this bitch isn't possessed. So and I'm rich because I capitalize off of the money and convincing other people that tithing 20% of their wages is fair to the church. And they pass around that donation box. He's Here's like, me spitting in it. After. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, he's like, this is sexy. I love whoever put he this said, spit thank in you, wow. spit boy. Winking at the altar boy. Yeah, like, really, like, I hope it was you, Mickey. Oh. <laughs> 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 So anyway, uh, he claimed to have seen Annabelle in his rearview mirror just before the accident. Years later, another visitor tapped on the glass of Annabelle's doll's ca- Annabelle doll's case. An- <laughs> Years later, another visitor tapped on the glass of the Annabelle doll's case and laughed at how silly people were to believe in her. On his way home, he reportedly lost control of his motorcycle and crashed headlong into a tree. He was killed instantly, and his girlfriend just barely survived. You're kidding! Oh my God, she killed him. She killed him. Damn. She killed him. He claimed that the, or she claimed, so the girlfriend claimed at the time of the accident, the couple had just been laughing about Annabelle the doll. Over the years, the Warrens continued to recount these tales as proof of Annabelle the doll's horrific power, though none of these stories could be corroborated. Their names of the young priest and the motorcyclist were never divulged. Neither Donna nor Angie, the two nurses who were Annabelle's first victims, ever came forward with their stories. Neither Father Cook nor Father Hegan appear to have mentioned their exorcisms of her ever again. Oh, that's kind of... That's a little sketch. So nobody admits it. Because they're scared, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, or they're like... I don't know, and I don't want to die, but like... That is kind of sketchy. Peggy sounds scarier than Annabelle. Yeah. I just knocked on wood. 
Yeah, like, I I mean, if that's what they said, like, okay, then that's interesting. And maybe they didn't want to divulge those names because they asked to remain, mm-hmm. like, anonymous. I think it's just interesting. Like, Peggy has done so much more. Yeah, yeah. But Annabelle is the one that gets all the attention. I think it's because of the movie, bro. But, yeah, but why was that chosen? Just because it was Ed and Lorraine Warren? Maybe. Because they really capitalized off of being, like, you know. I yeah. mean, they were... Zach Baggins is running yeah. because they walked. Literally. Yeah. Literally. So. And they are running because other people, like Houdini was into the paranormal. Mm, um, yeah. There are a lot of old, and Houdini had like a group of friends and it's called like the Secular Society of Paranormal Investigation or something. That's yeah. an old thing that Houdini was a part of that would have active meetings going to debunk paranormal people that like said they were mediums and they would like write if they were true or not damn that's yeah. cool it's really interesting i'll probably do some a story about yeah. that the, I don't know they're really cool houdini in general mm. yeah. uh houdini i think was born or something in appleton wisconsin so when i was stuck oh. in appleton for that week everywhere was like houdini this houdini that that's kind of cool it was just interesting i still stayed yeah. in that hotel room that whole time because appleton's a scary podunk town and i am a homosexual man yeah and you were going through it at that time i was also you'd just gotten that little dog yeah yeah i was not well <laughs> 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 my notes app was like nick is not feeling good this week nick is feeling great this week <laughs> nick is on top of the world this week <laughs> nick wants to die this week <laughs> yeah i'm on meds though everybody Woo-hoo! Woo! uh it appeared that all we have is the warren's word that any of this even took place <laughs> though ed and lorraine warren have both died their legacy has been carried on by their daughter judy and her husband tony Sparrow. Until his death in 2006, Ed Warren considered Spera his demonology protege and entrusted him with continuing his work, which included caring for his occult artifacts. So Tony is the one reading or doing the prayer, probably. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Those artifacts include the Annabelle doll and her perspective case. Echoing the warnings of his predecessor, Spera cautions visitors in the Warren's occult museum about Annabelle's powers. Is it dangerous? Spera has said of the doll. Yeah. It is the most dangerous object in the museum. Yeah. <laughs> He's such an Italian man. Yeah, Tony Spera. Tony Spera. Yeah, so is hey, it the Tony. most dangerous object in this museum? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it yeah. is. Come on. Yeah, is it the most fucking haunted? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. Was all of the shit they said true? I, yeah, I can't speak I on that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a Warren. But rest in I'm peace. I'm a Spera. I'm a Spera. <laughs> Me and my pap, we moved 18 years ago. Oh my god, no. Uh, sorry to all of Nico's Italian family As that are Italian, literally from Italy. I am an oppressed American. Oh god. Yeah, am I white? Yeah. Italian people being like, I'm not white. Turn I'm off, off the white. Right now. All of the Italians right now are like, I'm sick Click. of this slander. Mute. This is just like yeah, just Irish mute us and leave bullied. us on in the background so we get the full listen, please. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, despite such claims, the Warrens have a complicated relationship with the truth. They became practically household names for their first involvement in the Amity horror case and those that inspired The Conjuring. Their work has been almost entirely debunked. Damn. An investigation Holy by... shit. So all of their work, has, it, it's all been debunked? Well, so I'll do, I'll do a 
using and that's why we drink two episode research i'll combine yeah. that into one episode and i'll do an ed and lorraine warren yeah to explain I, all of this stuff that's interesting but yeah basically a lot of people are like they're fake because they were just doing it for the money they were uh they never charged because they knew that they could just say something was haunted and people would believe them and so they just made money off of telling the stories of it yeah oh my god yeah so so maybe they did do some things but they not all yeah i definitely believe that like there was something there and probably some of the things yeah that was what it was they They had the it it factor yeah but her forehead is huge so maybe that was it (laughs) it attracted a lot of attention and yeah it was shiny yeah (laughs) shiny like megamind oh i love megamind you know that if you were in megamind who would you be um am i allowed to say megamind yeah i think i'd be megamind it's okay because i would be minion oh my god (laughs) Nick. I love <laughs> that perfect. for us. I love that for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an investigation of the New England Skeptical Society proved that the artifacts of the Warren's Occult Museum were mostly fraudulent, citing doctored photos and exaggerated storytelling. Damn. But for those who still doubt Annabelle the doll's powers, Spiro likens disturbing her to playing Russian roulette. There might just be one bullet in the gun, but would you still pull the trigger or would you put the gun down and not take the risk? If you make fun of her, I mean, you're playing Russian roulette. Yeah, you're shooting yeah. yourself in the head. You just yeah. don't know if there's a gun in the chamber. Oh, gun in the chamber. You a bullet in the chamber. There. You don't know if there's another gun in there. You don't know. Maybe another uh, gun inside your gun. Yeah. You got two guns and it's a little baby gun. And then you got two bullets that you might have to, you know, watch Two bullets for. instead of yeah. just one bullet. And- Sometimes it won't be a gun. <laughs> the gun is a metaphor for mental <laughs> health. Yeah. You uh, have a killing thing in your mouth, but you don't give it the power to kill you. Dick. Oh... <laughs> The real-life fear surrounding the original Annabelle doll only flared up even more in August 2020, when reports surfaced that she had escaped from the Warren's Occult Museum, which closed down at least temporarily due to zoning issues in 2019. Though the rumors quickly spread on social media, the reports were found quickly outed as inaccurate. Sparrow himself soon posted a video of himself alongside the real Annabelle doll in the museum. Annabelle's alive. Sparrow assured everyone. Well, I wouldn't say alive. <laughs> Annabelle is here in all of her infamous glory. She never left the museum. But Sparrow was also sure to stoke the fears that have kept the real Annabelle doll terrifying for 50 years, saying, I'd be concerned if Annabelle really did leave because she's nothing to play with it. And that's Annabelle the doll. (laughs) Ah, a little short one. This is still 10 pages of notes. This is, yeah, it was kind of short. Yeah. But I love it. Um, and we didn't do this f- last week, but Girl Boss gave Keith. Oh, we forgot last, last week. Oh my god, I think that's the first time in all of our podcasts that we've forgotten. We were gaslighting you into thinking that we were going to do it every episode. <laughs> so, yeah. we're feeling gaslighty. Yeah, we're feeling know? gaslighty to all of our listeners yeah. having expectations for us. Yeah, don't have those. Seriously, it's a lot to live with. Yeah. I barely have any expectations of myself. Yeah. And even those are too much. Sometimes. Yeah, even those make me sad. Like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm feeling gatekept from sanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How yeah. are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling. <laughs> this sounds like that one Shakira song. <laughs> you know that one? Yeah. Not that one. <laughs> no, not that one. Um, I guess I'm feeling gatekept from a life without uh, capitalism. Yeah, we'll never experience that. Yeah, it's evil. It's really evil, but yeah. it's fine. 
I always feel like so silly saying that. I'm always like, ha, I don't want to work, but I like mean it. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I don't enjoy my job. Like it's fine. I like my job. I don't even like do a lot right now. You know, like we're not very busy at this moment. Yeah. But I still wish that we could spend time frolicking and doing drugs and getting help and cuddling and licking yeah. toes and lint between people's toes. Yeah, I would enjoy that as well. Yeah. So if we didn't have jobs, we'd have more time for that in a non-sexual manner. You know, right now it only happens sexually. Uh, yeah, I want it to be platonic. Yeah. Yeah. Let me lick your toes. I'm going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want it that bad. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, just capitalist. Uh, yeah, just me, capitalism Nick over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right here. Oh, baby. Hanging out. He's wearing like a fuck cop shirt right now. It says, uh. All cops are bastards. Um, oh, he just bumped his knee, especially your dad. <laughs> anyway. Well, three, I. Three sentence summary, dude. Um, Annabelle Ladal lives in the occult museum, period. Once she belonged to friendly lesbians who just wanted to care for her, period. Tony's protecting her, though. <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, winky face. Winky face, emoticon yeah. winky face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Semicolon parenthesis. Yeah, or maybe even like the simp face, like. Oh, like asterisk three asterisk. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Asterisk is a good name for a child. <laughs> oh, I hate you. Anyway, you, you know it? where to find us. Yeah, you. Do you want our address? I'll give it to you if you send me money. Yeah, ten bucks gets you our address. Address. Fifteen. You Whole can pick. get like yeah. Mm-hmm. Sixteen. You get to go out on a date. With Katie. No. I don't know. Katie seemed pretty up for it earlier. Going on a date? With you. Oh, with with you guys? Yeah. Yeah. No, just this one listener that we're talking to directly right now. Yeah, you know who you are. Thank you, direct listener. I'm talking to you. I'm looking into your eyes. Yeah, I'm caressing your face. Do you feel it? Anyway, you can find us on (laughs) social media at... Killer Kush Podcast. On the... Instagram. Twitter. Facebook. MySpace. Your mom. Mom. Oh. Oh. Uh, There is a link tree somewhere on the device that you're on right now, probably in the description, in the bio, somewhere. Just click it, maybe browse it. Yeah. And especially browse it, even if we just triggered you for having a dead mom. Um, (laughs) But you'll find it on MySpace, Twitter, Facebook. And yeah, sorry that your mom doesn't have it. Yeah. But um, everyone else ask your mom. We yeah, and ask your mom morning. to become our Patreon. Yeah. If you can't afford it, maybe your mom can. Yeah. See, yeah, this is what you get. You get to be our friend. Yeah, come on. Please? Maybe. I'm so sad. Okay, love you. Bye. See ya. See you later. Bye. <laughs>